a beer and a movie the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity beer and movies oftentimes achieving outstanding pairings and from time to time giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the miserable taste of failure from our mouths you know what it is uh i'm here as always with david gurney and i think that i'm going to experience a deep sense and just lingering feeling of regret when this is over <laughs> because uh, we have we have an outside co-host one that is not a special part of, guest a special guest one that's not part of the usual crew uh, so unfortunately Ethan uh, who has been the third for a while and Joe who's been absent for a while as well that are neither are, are here with us so today potentially against my better judgment <laughs> <laughs> I have brought in the co-host of um, world-renowned uh, podcast, World's Greatest Complainer. Um, t- tell them who you are. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeremy Ever Melendez. Sometimes I go by Pink Hat. Um, it's always weird whenever I'm introducing myself because it's gotten to the point where I don't know if I go with Pink Hat or Jeremy. Well, true to form, you are wearing a pink hat. I am. It's, uh, it's my brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> to the point where I was started to get berated for not wearing a pink hat when out in public. That's so. true. I've, I've witnessed that. Um, oh. And I am truly mortified of what is about to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> not, I, I have to say I'm terribly excited. And, because oh, you I, shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and not because I'm not mortified because we're talking about the new Halloween movie, uh, the 2018 no. um, sequel, not reboot, but a sequel, mm-hmm. not remake, but a sequel. Yeah. Um, but as always, we're going to open a beer. Um, That's right. And today, uh, to start us off, I have brought a beer from Old Ox Brewery, which is uh, based in Ashburn, Virginia. And this is their I Am Brute which is an India Pale Ale that they a brute do IPA. in the brute style, okay. right? So this is kind of a newer yeah. take on IPAs. Um, yeah, Kim, someone whose last name I can't remember, he's a Bay Area guy, uh, invented the style, what, about maybe a year or two ago? Yeah, it's not been long. Very, very recent. Um, I know that if I look hard enough, I can find uh, what his full name is, but it'll take me a few minutes, and that's a little more work than I'm willing to do at this current juncture. Sure. But, um, but yeah, very new style, uh, considered a Bay Area style. Right. Um, and so and this so is about as far from the Bay Area as you could get in the States. Uh, it is. Well, it's showing how quickly it's spread, It has. Right? I mean, we have one here. We uh, do. I uh, just recently had a conversation with Varian at Lorelei about uh, the brute style mm-hmm. um, for an article that I'm writing about local beer. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Shouts yeah. out to Ben Mag. That's um, right. Shouts out my boss slash fiance, uh, <laughs> Kylie, for letting me write that story. Right. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be super dry. Um, yes. Very dry, very light yeah. in, in body. Um, this one, This one smells... Supposed to be very effervescent, so very bubbly, kind of like, yeah, like a champagne. Yeah, but this uh, one has a lot of. It's a little, pretty fruity. It I is. Like. You're right. It's got a little bit more of a citrusy nose than I've associated with other brute IPAs I've had, yeah. and also a little hazier. I guess I don't typically think of them as being hazy, but I don't either. Um, you know. Yeah, but so we're gonna sip on this, and we definitely uh, will form opinion on it at some point. In the meantime, let's just get right into it. Yeah. Halloween 2018, David Gordon Green, 
uh, who, if if you don't know, um, well established director, but in, not in horror, and not in horror exactly. Uh, More associated with comedy, though he has done some interesting dramatic pieces over the has. years. Um, very tightly connected with Danny McBride, who's co-writer, who is co-writer, screenplay. also a wild card, and uh, but I, does not show up in the film. No, when I heard he was co-writing the screenplay for it, I was super interested in seeing it for that reason. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, what? A little puzzled, right? Yeah. yeah like, what is this going to, you know, because I didn't want uh, an Evil Dead 2 Halloween movie, you know, like right. a zany, uh, comedic Well, and, and, or, and the Halloween franchise had already kind of gone there a little bit, right? Like, I never saw... And we can talk about this more in the second half, but I think H2O maybe and there were Halloween Resurrection, were there not slightly I, more comic elements in those? There may have been. I did not see those either. Okay. Um, H2O, for me, I saw it in Blockbuster all the time and I always wanted to see it just because I was like, oh, this looks crazy. Like, and it had, at, at the time, the like cover was very like in vogue you know, of that particular era and I right. thought the cover art looked cool. It's like super cheesy now, but... Right. Um, uh, well, the movie came out in 2001 well, or, two th- or something. Uh, no, no, H2O was 98. Earlier. It was H2O 98, was 98. Resurrection yeah. was early 2000s. Right. And yeah, so I was, I don't know, like six or seven or whatever, yeah. you know, something like that when I would see it. And I'd be like, oh, I want to watch this. But of course, yeah. mom's shut it down. <laughs> um, <laughs> As well she should. As well she should, yeah. But, um, but it, so we've had all these installments over the years and there's been various attempts at continuity and then just breaks with it. But this one really interestingly takes us all the way back to that first one and and sort of presents itself as a sequel to that film staged 40 years later. Yeah, I think you could... I think you can make the argument that it's a sequel of the first two because I don't think it negates anything that happens in the second one. And mm. the second one picks up literally like hours after the first. Okay. Um, I, I thought that it was, they were saying it was the first two. This was like the third in the trilogy. Now, the but only. I don't think they did do that. When is it? And maybe we're getting in the weeds here, but. Um, Ethan's not here to correct us, so let's do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. When Ethan's not here to cut us off, we can ramble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see how long. Let's do you see need how long. Just, just throw in and be like, no, you're wrong. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. actually, H two O was bad. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I need to, I need to say right now, sure, <clears throat> that um, I have never been a big uh, one Halloween fan. Not the, not the, you know, the, the holiday. Day. Love the day. The, it's, a <laughs> it's a great day. Love as it. far holiday. as holidays go, it's probably one of the top two. Okay. I, Halloween's tight. Uh, well, Thanksgiving's pretty good. Too. Anyway, let's not get into this. Um, <laughs> Um, we'll invite you back for the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. <laughs> the holiday episodes. Yeah. I've seen most of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Uh, I enjoy them. I was never really a big um, horror film slasher flick kind of guy. Yep. Until, I don't even want to say until recently, because I just saw the very, very first Halloween, the 1978 one. Okay. And uh, I don't I know. We're not going to get into that just right not now. Yet, not but and, and, and They're just not... Jeremy just did uh, my biggest his pet biggest peeve with pet his peeve. podcast. Yeah. If you ever uh, listen to World's Greatest Complainer, every, I don't know, five or six minutes, uh, something will be said and Jeremy will go, we'll get to that later. And, and, then, some, we, and, really and then never they never get to it and it really pisses me off. But this time we're going to get we to it. We are going to get to it. We are. But you did the thing. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's you did the something thing. that I do. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've never... I've. I didn't understand um, what was so great about horror or slasher flicks until recently. And it took me watching, I think it was Friday the 13th, the first one, 
with uh, our friend Josh, mm-hmm. and um, I had a blast. Shouts out Josh. Yeah, shouts out Josh. Owls. He did help. He uh, sat in on a couple of episodes for another podcast that I do called Credit Talk. And uh, we shameless watched plug. shameless plug. You know, I'm, I'm all about plugging my stuff. <laughs> um, so we sat down, we watched it and I had a great time when I watch a horror film by myself. It's just not fun, man. Yeah, I can see that. Now I I'm looking into the, I think what makes this a clear break from the second, the second is where they introduce the idea that Lori is Michael's sister. Yes, that's and true. They, they decided not to go that route. Not to go that okay. route. And I was pretty sure that came in in the second one. I've See, just I, confirmed it. So okay. so it is, I do at re- least by the filmmakers, it's thought of as a clear break okay. from... Because when I, I, I went and saw it with Kylie and my mom, and uh-huh. we were talking about it afterwards, the ancestor, or the, you know, relative stuff. Right. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was the first or the second. It was really boggling. Yeah, it doesn't so come I guess up in the, the first. Second, it's the second. second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that makes so, sense that it's a clear break from the rest. Right. And I mean, bold move yeah. to make a sequel to a forty-year-old film. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but but it does pick up again. Not the next day. It no. T- picks up forty years, yeah, later, forty years later. But we we see Laurie Strode being played by Jamie Lee Curtis from the original, um, as a woman who has obviously been deeply wounded by this whole event that severe took place. PTSD. Right. Yeah. And uh drinking problems are are talked about and um, yeah. marriage yeah. uh you know that d- dissolves over the yeah. years. Her daughter doesn't her want relationship her to with her daughter be involved with the granddaughter's life right. at all. Um yeah, she uh militarized her 12-year-old or whatever like you know yeah. trained the, her to be like a soldier against this, you know. Right. Uh, all because she felt evil. that at some point this this figure of the shape such intense evil was going to return and show enough he did happen he does yes <laughs> man that's one of the one of my favorite shots in this movie um and you see it in the trailer uh but when you see it in the film it is it lasts a little longer and there's a, a lot more uh time to build uh the tension and the suspense but when he, there he's just like chained up yeah, in the in the, the prison yard, yard yeah, there, yeah, right. or, or the mental asylum yard, or yeah, whatever, yeah, and you just you never see his face, but like you'll see like kind of a, the side of his jaw a yeah. little bit, and he's just like standing there perfectly still, right? Like no matter well, what anybody the, says to him, and all the other inmates are losing their shit, and he's right. just there, um, but not not even as much of the content, but just the the shot itself and like yeah. where it's set and like the like patterns of the I guess like the tile or the concrete on the floor. Yeah. I mean it's like it's just so and it's so big. It's such a wide shot when you yeah. first see him. Yeah. It's just it's just good. Yeah, it was a very interesting <laughs> I, I love how they staged that first um instance of seeing Michael Myers in this this uh you know, installment of the franchise where you you're with these in the, the whole premise that gets you there, right? You're with these podcasters who are see, shout out to podcasters, shouts out to us. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, clearly yeah. playing on the success of they're, like serial, yeah, they're like an NPR podcast, ex- yes, that not investigates murders. But, yeah. They talk about that they went and looked at this murder case from 20 years before, and yeah, they're, so they're interested in uncovering like what evidence might not have been yeah, revealed. They're, they're like the podcasters that like take it seriously and like produce their podcast. Well, and, and obviously like have a budget. A Did you see yeah, they and, they slip three thousand yeah, dollars to Lori? Three stacks, just like that. <laughs> yeah, listeners, uh, if you think we have three thousand dollars to be paying anybody to appear on our podcast, yeah, you are sorely mistaken. <laughs> I decided the the good of my own heart 
<laughs> yeah, that's Jeremy's right. Not yeah, we, we won't divulge how much we're paying Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, he's getting free beer. It's so. a lot of beer and it's a lot of money. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, so okay with it. So, so that's the premise. She's gear. She's been gearing up for forty years for the she's return. Been prepping and yeah. and then it, you know uh, mirroring the first. Uh, there's a bus crash. Uh, yeah. There's a, a breakout um, mm-hmm. where you know he gets free mm-hmm. um, and. You've seen the first one more recently. I've seen. I saw the first one he, about like three he's being days transported ago. in the first. Some, yeah, something like that. Because I because um, that's how it happens, right? Um, I was gonna watch it in preparation for this, but I already have tickets to see it on Halloween Day, which will be today if you're listening to this, because that's when this episode's coming out. So I didn't want to watch it at home on my tiny, not tiny, but like not on a big screen in a movie when theater, gonna you know, when I'm going to get that yeah. chance for the first time to, okay. I, I do think that this is a film that you do need to watch in a theater. Oh yeah. Well, yeah I would um, say. Cause when I watched it, it was, uh, let's see. I had just gotten done recording a podcast. No, 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 no. The no. original. The original, yeah, yeah, this is the original. This isn't this isn't the the new one that we're talking about. This we're talking about the original. Um, I had gotten home and it was like twelve, and I was like, I was, I, oh no no, I was sick. I was yeah. sick the first two days, and we were supposed to record on Monday, and um, I get home, and I'm like, shit, I gotta watch, I gotta watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it on my tiny tiny ass laptop the first yeah. hour. Mm. I hate watching movies on a laptop. It's I can't do awful. it. I can't do it. But. That's, uh, so that's what's happening, and then so he escapes, and she's like, "Okay, you know, feels like right justified and like you know proven right." And at one right. point, even says to her daughter, "I think I don't, I don't want to say this, but I told you so." You yeah, know, something like yeah. that. Now, the one thing that stuck out the most for me, so like I said, I didn't see H two O Resurrection. We talked about that a little bit. I've seen one, two, and three. Okay, uh, three having nothing to do with Michael Myers at all or the shape. And I tried watching The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, and Is that five? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, it was Halloween like four years ago. It happened to be on Netflix. And uh, per the pre-show for the new Halloween at the Draft House, um, they said somebody put a curse on whatever to make it so that he like couldn't die or something. Yeah. It was like, and it was bad. It was very bad. Is and that so the one with Paul Rudd? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't get through it. Um, but before this one, in yeah. the films that I had seen, the like true Carpenter, you know, films, uh-huh. uh, not funny at all. No, there's no. no like there's no sense of humor in them. No, really, um, a little creeps into this one. A, I would say there's a. I mean, there were some big laughs in the theater when I saw it. Yeah, the the boy who's the kid, being babysat. Yeah. So you have the the babysitter and the boy. So so it, as you said, so the bus crash from the first, you get that kind of echoed in this film. You yeah. also have the basic scenario of there being the babysitter, babysitting going yeah. on. That's echoed here because um, it's Halloween night. People are trying to party. That's right. And there's but a, this one, a high school dance on Halloween, which I, in my experience has never happened. Before. No, I don't. I don't quite <laughs> yeah, remember my high school having a dance. Well, you know, you, you didn't grow up in Haddonfield. That's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just they have strange traditions. It's a very there. big. Yeah. It's a big uh, uh, unique tradition. How, how did you feel about the comedy, though? I thought it was well placed. I mean, it did not take me out of it. I loved the kid. I thought they cast that well, and oh, that yeah. to me is a mark. That there were a few moments where I felt like Green McBride flourishes. That yeah. was one of them. Like he. One of his very first films, it might have been his first feature, George Washington, has a cast that's primarily children. Okay. And they really deliver some interesting dialogue in that film. I mean, it, and it 
comes off. Yeah. So I've always known David Gordon Green to be a guy who's capable of working with kid child actors yeah. and get some interesting stuff. And so I think they cast that well, and they had the kid delivering it really well. So mm-hmm. I like that. So since we're talking about comedy very quickly, I just want to... Because I don't think that this I don't think this guy's necessarily a name, you know, like which guy David Gordon Green. Oh, sure. Uh, it's not like when his movies come out, it's like David Gordon Green. No, percent, he, he you know, doesn't get like top that. billing. No, he doesn't get top billing. So we're talking Pineapple Express. He directed mm-hmm. uh, Your Highness, um, uh, The Sitter, starring Jonah Hill, uh, Prince Avalanche, Paul Rudd, which wasn't as much of a comedy as the other. I think it was more of like a dramedy yes, type of situation. Right. Um, but so George Washington, I know was one of his first, he also did all the real girls, which was yeah. kind of an interesting, that goes way back to 2003. Yeah. Um, very early Zoe Deschanel and, um, oh, interesting. And one of the first Danny McBride roles actually. And then, um, the Snow Angels was a more of a straight up drama that he did. That was right before Pineapple Express. Yeah, right? so so he's done some straight kind of drama, but he's also done these films that his are his biggest much more hits have been comedy. Just full and, he, on. and he's done a lot of episodes of like Eastbound and Down yeah. and uh, Vice, Principals. Vice Principals. So he's he's heavily involved with Danny McBride and, the, and those guys, uh, Jody Hill. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, that it is, and it was so it makes sense the humor comes in right but I, um, but i don't think it was over over the top i never thought like oh this is taking di- i get a sense that you maybe felt it was a little out of place i don't know you don't know you haven't I, decided it was okay. it was the one part of the film that i left where i was like i haven't made my mind up about that yet. well see what i liked about it is it kind of drops your guard a little bit like so you know i mean again if we're talking about how this film echoes the the first film and has these things like there's a certain kind of form to it that you're going to expect certain deaths to happen at certain times, and they, right? I mean, they go in on the kill scenes in this movie. They like, do. way more than in the first two Carpenter films. Yeah, and so I, I kind of like that just before you start getting into, I mean, there's been a couple murders already, yeah. but then it's like almost like a palate cleanser. You get that little interaction between the boy and the babysitter, and that builds up to them interacting as he's worried that there's a man in the room and she's kind of just, you know, not taking it seriously because they've just had this kind of joking. So I, I kind of like that it set that up and it allowed a scene that felt very, oh, of course there's a guy in a room. Of course he's going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> that it like dropped my guard a little bit and made me kind of like, okay, yeah, this is funny. They have a funny relationship. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going to go wrong here in just a moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just... Uh, since we were talking about that particular moment of comedy in the mm-hmm. house, uh, it made me think about the kind of like high school characters. Yeah. Uh, and there was the one kind of like burnout kind of dude. Yes. Um, who like, I think his name was Dave. Actually. Uh, oh, yeah, his name was Dave. That's all right. Dave. We, we, we tend to be burnouts. Uh, <laughs> well, he was in blockers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you're right. Because, because was that good? It, it was great. Oh, it was actually. Uh, yeah. First of all, Fuck you! Go listen to the beer in a movie episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've, there was there was Keep about up a, with the content. There was about a month where I caught up on every single beer in a movie. That episode. was it was pretty recently yeah. too. Yeah. So I can't I can't give you too much crap. But it was very good, and they were all really funny. Um, didn't love his him as much in this one. But, That's but, so. I but now I, that you say that, he looked I know. familiar. Okay. He looked so yeah. familiar the whole time, and I couldn't place him when I was in the film, and uh, and then I kind of just forgot about his character as a as a whole because it gets pretty badass at the end specifically judy judy greer yeah uh, goes in at the end and that was yeah. that was a fantastic her, her training pans out oh yeah yeah it, it, yeah. it locks uh, back in yeah so 
just you know, uh, as far as uh, beer in a movie lore goes, uh, yeah. there's another connection to <laughs> we, another episode. There you uh, go, blockers. Yeah. Go see it if Who you haven't. Thought? Who would have thought? I, not me. Yeah. And this guy, uh, that kid is like a few weeks older than I am. And look at what you know. he's cool. doing. All right, he's, he's doing he's, all right. He's look getting at him. in some good movies. Yeah. Um. So I mean, so the comedy. Yes, there is some comedy in there, but do not go to this film thinking that you're going to be laughing. No, no, no. Maybe regularly. there's maybe like two cumulative minutes right. of jokes in this. Right hour and 40 minute film or however long it is that's right um but you know so i i was actually pretty impressed with how straight they played it in terms of keeping it within the horror genre it didn't really feel like it pulled away too too much from horror i mean it it was self-aware in all the right ways Mm -hmm. um it knew that it was a really late sequel to one of the most iconic films in its if not the most iconic film uh in its genre and it was self-aware in the moments that you wanted it to be and that it felt satisfying to see it reference itself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the, the moment for me that really, that really happened was when, uh, Michael Myers pushes Lori Strode out off the balcony. Right. And she hits the ground and then there's like a noise. And so it diverts his attention. And when he looks back, she's gone. Right. Uh, which is one of the most famous scenes from the end of the first. Right. Uh, that is like the most ominous of like, where'd he go? Like he's not, you know. Right. Uh, but it puts a, the shoe on the other foot. It does. Yeah. And I, when, when that happened, like there, there may have been a few chuckles in the audience, not because it was funny, but just because everyone was like, oh, this is great. Like I know, yeah. I, get, I get this, you know. Yeah. And like that, it was, it's just so satisfying to see something like that. You yeah. Know? And it's, uh so in those moments it knows what it's doing and what it is and things like that but it also it doesn't use that as an excuse to not take itself seriously and it really gives you like the suspense and there's like you know certain characters really like turn in ways you weren't expecting and right like the doctor the doctor exactly is what i was talking about yeah and uh, sorry jeremy i know you haven't seen the new one yet Um, but so and also to everyone at home this is a big spoiler but the very last shot can yeah. we talk about the very last shot? Yeah, I, when, give you, I give you permission. When they're in the, I want to say in the back of a pickup truck, yeah. like escaping the right. house that's burning down, and she has that knife in her hand. Uh-huh. So on the, the granddaughter. The granddaughter, yeah. yeah. Sorry, the granddaughter, Allison. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, has yeah, that knife yeah. in her hand. And earlier, to go back to the doctor whose character turns, he he's really obsessed with... Uh, Preserving Michael. Not just preserving Michael, but getting the opportunity to see him the way Dr. Loomis did, like in the wild, uncontrolled, and to see what he's going to do and what his like natural base instincts are going to lead him to do, especially uh, in regards to his relationship with Laurie Strode, whatever that may be. He doesn't really try to define that for us, which I like, but he kills a police officer who's trying to kill Michael, uh, and then you, I think he even says something in passing, but he likes it. Yeah. The, after he kills now that he guy, feels it. He, he's, he's like, okay, I kind of understand why Michael does this because I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. And doesn't feel bad about it and continues on his right. like quest to see Michael in his natural well, state. And, they, and that's and so something, then at the end, after Allison yeah. has experienced, experienced this traumatic well, set of, yeah. Um, is she, she ha- maybe inspired? It, has is she, she maybe gotten a taste for it? Is you know, right. uh, is the legacy of terror going to live on through her? Right. Um, yeah. No. I it's, mean, it's a very, it's a very ominous. I think that's movie. a really interesting way of going about things. You yeah. know, uh, I'm like I said, I'm not a big horror movie film watcher or anything like that. But to 
to kind of um, man, I don't I don't know how to say it, but to give you an a, a, an idea of why to kind of I don't want to say humanize it, but kind of sympathize is that a better word to kind of just get it our... just it just puts it into a perspective like that isn't just like so there are a lot of horror movies that deal in just like it's like impli- this guy kills people implicit evil like right. yeah. like unshaking just pure evil that is there's no kind of like humanization of the person doing all of these terrible right. things and mm-hmm. so this one kind of puts two different characters in a similar position though i mean granted not to nearly as an extreme as you know michael does but um we have know, like a human proxy it like taint you know they they it, their characters are kind of tainted by these acts that they've committed mm-hmm. and so it it kind of makes you think about like what it what about michael led him you know to this and yeah. like you know uh, right or the genesis of that kind of like evil and hatred comes. Well, from. the thing too is and like, can it happen to normal people? And I, that, I actually might go watch it. That's kind of what they explore a little more towards the end in this one. Yeah, I is, think is she is she going to turn? Is Allison going to turn? I, I I can see that. I mean, I certainly see the hinting there. I didn't feel like it was an overriding theme in the film. No, not and, and especially not the you know given that I think the, there's a lot of indications in there that Michael just doesn't operate in a way that is very relatable. Like No, that, not at all. You know, I mean, he, like you say, that opening scene of him in the yard, even the other inmates who are chained up are freaking out yeah. when he when they pull out this mask that he's been sort of notoriously linked to, that yeah. it was part of his costume when he was killing people. When it's his, his killing too. Spree. Yes. Like, it's a right. piece of evidence that they obtained. And he just stands there stoically yeah. and doesn't move, and everybody in the yard and is, like, barking and screaming, and, you know. And to me, it's like, okay, so, like, we, we have him surrounded by people who've gone wrong, the criminally insane people have, but he's something different and he he gets kind of separated out from that. But I do, I agree with you that then like there are times in the film where you see characters taking action. I think primarily the granddaughter, but even her mother, mother even Lori, like where you see this lineage of these women who've been impacted by this kind of unspeakable evil that's been going on in their lives and how that has this effect on them. And so at the very least, I think you're left with the feeling like you saw what it did to Lori, right? Based on this, like 40 years later, this, and then this what is that obviously in, what that in turn did to her daughter based on right. their relationship. And now her granddaughter. And and so how is that going to play out? And does that mean her granddaughter has a break and she ends yeah. up participating in it later? Yeah. I think so I think one of the things that made the first film so terrifying in its time was there wasn't a lot of lore around the shape or Michael Myers or anything. Like right. he was kind of just like a normal dude. And then later on he becomes this kind of immortal, like unkillable type of entity right. that's just like evil personified. And that kind of um, simplifies all of it a lot so that you you know who's good, you know who's bad, you know right. you know when it ends the good people got away, the bad guy at yeah. least is kind of you know uh, set aside for a time right. uh, for a time being. But I think the interesting thing of how this one ends is that it we don't really know yeah. how they're gonna how those people are gonna continue their lives after this and what they're gonna do right. and if those events could lead Allison to something more right. sinister. Well, and we've seen very definitively that it led her grandmother, Lori, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, insane. to yeah, I mean, she, be insane, but also like be the hunter, right? Yeah. I mean, like she, she very got, clearly, she's she set up her. that house as essentially a booby trap or yeah. a series of booby traps for Michael Myers if he ever did come after her again so that she could trap him mm-hmm. in her basement and burn him alive. Yeah. 
Um, which again, like, you know, if you're going to definitively kill somebody, don't do it by burning them alive in a house. Well, they didn't, they didn't, they, <laughs> no, they didn't, they didn't they definitively didn't. That's kill the them. Thing. There's no body. Right, right. That's you it. Know, but, it, but it, yeah, I mean, it works perfectly for them to be able to do the sequel, which they most certainly will, given what this is doing at the box office. What is it? I haven't, I, I know it's, it's been doing well. It's up to like 170 okay. mi- million. I, I knew it was like the number one movie. And the budget was not huge on this. I can't no, remember exactly what it was, but, uh, I believe that McBride has at least said publicly that they're already working on a sequel, so I, I, I mean, think they're continuing it. I hope so. I thought. I mean, I thought it was great. The budget was ten to fifteen million. There you go. I mean, so, that's goodness. that's insane. Yeah, that they got Jamie Lee Curtis and Judy Greer, right? And uh, Will Patton, who is not a huge name, but somebody you've seen in a lot of stuff. Yeah. to be in a movie for that only, and they got John Carpenter to do the score, all for and all the effects, all for ten million dollars. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. It is. Um, I'm interested if if the granddaughter Allison becomes a bigger part of the a, a series, more, now. a more sinister part, more villainous. Part yeah, well, it. it'll be. It, 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 they could take it in that direction. It's just the fact that because you know we talk about how the daughter's training pays off. You know everything that Jamie Lee Curtis' character did right. to her growing up, um, because she does like shoot him, you know, with a rifle at, at, at some point uh, after feigning as if she was helpless and couldn't, you know, handle it or whatever. She was very prepared for that moment, but it's the fact that that granddaughter's still holding that knife, the fact that it's still in her hand and she hasn't totally abandoned right. that weapon of you know serious destruction that she's still clutching it. That yeah. that that really leaves a very unsettling yeah. feeling, yeah. and that's and that it's that one shot that makes me think that something's going to happen with her yeah. at some point. Oh no! Where would I, you like to see it go? Like, do you want do you want her to team up with Mike? Like, what? No, yeah, no, like, te- no <laughs> team ups. No team ups. <laughs> like, how how would you how would you write it to be something that you would actually be interested in? Because, I, look, I don't want to be like, oh, they team up. She teams up with Michael and they go on a mass killing spree because that's ridiculous. But no, yeah. no, how, no, no, no. I mean, I don't I don't want to see any kind of like. Um, apprenticeship happens. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, like that, that kind of happens in one of the other, se- I think it might be the third of the, fr- where, where Lori actually does sort of go nuts and start killing, doesn't she? Am I misremembering that? Not, not one that I've seen. Okay. I thought, I thought she like, because then she realizes she's the sister of Michael and kind of goes insane herself and that, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but, it, but I feel like I've seen those kind of things play out. I don't think I'd want to see something that blunt, like she's going to yeah. actually go on a killing spree herself, but maybe in that she becomes a prepper like her grandmother or, or starts to view the world in this kind of na- negative way and like reacting very quickly. Maybe somebody confronts her about something and she lashes out violently because she's just kind of been rewired to to act that way i mean i could see that being an interesting direction to explore with her character like what does that do which this film was doing right like how does that happen over 40 years i imagine this next sequel when it comes won't be 40 years it'll be probably months a year whatever i one thing i did really enjoy about the premise of this is horror movies never explore the aftermath it's like yeah. the pu- whoever yeah. makes it out alive makes it out alive, and with the exception of go. the first like five minutes of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, yeah. you never really see what happens to those people and what those yeah. experiences yeah. do to them over time. And this this one, I that was one of the things that I really liked about the direction they took with it. Um, 
but tell us where you want the next one to go. Um, yeah, because there's going to be another one. It seems uh, like it. it. It'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out. I mean, what I love about this one is that they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. They got her back, and I think she is honestly the linchpin for this film. She's fantastic. She's just seeing her in her um, th- that Laurie Strode character, and just the way she pulls it off. It, She's badass. It, yeah, no, I mean, it's totally, it's just a different version of the character that yeah. I've ever seen in any of the other films. She did like four or five of the other ones. Yeah. Um, and and this was just head and shoulders above anything I've ever seen her do apart from the very first one. Mm-hmm. And so that was wonderful. They got John Carpenter back doing the score. With his son and Dave Davies. Yeah, so the current band that he kind of performs. The Lost and, band, yeah. And it it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. obviously you got the original theme in there and some variations on it, but just all throughout the film, totally pleased with the score. Yeah, the score is good. Yeah. It's really good. So, you know, I <laughs> I think they've set themselves a high bar. Yeah. I think that, that coming at it like this, they've done something pretty amazing to be able to kind of bring this new blood, so to speak, or new life into this film series. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a tall order to be able to do something that's going to satisfy people in the same way that this film seems to be, or at least it satisfied me. Yeah, I liked so, it a lot, quite a bit. I think um, maybe we should touch back on the, the beer, beer yeah. and then we can jump in because we're already starting to talk about these other films. Yeah, in the, yeah in we're the getting franchise. there already. It's hard, it's hard not to. Yeah. I mean, um, so I am brute. What did, what did you guys think? Jeremy, I'm curious. A little bit more than I, I think, think we're done. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, that's fine. Um, I really, really liked it. Yeah? It, well, here's the thing. Um, it has a wonderful color. Yeah. I like it. It's it's... It, it smells like an IPA. Yeah. I've had IPAs where, oh goodness, you can tell right off the bat that if it doesn't have that um, signature uh, grapefruit citrusy mm-hmm. smell, that's going to be pretty awful. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I've had quite a bit of those. I do enjoy IPAs. This one, uh, it was very effervescent, but... I felt like it was lacking somewhere in the body. Yeah, well, what it's supposed to be like. Well, the, the and again, that okay. that's a that's a mark of the brewed IPA style, and it's you know I I understand where you're coming from. That typically with an IPA, there's a little bit more of a maltier. Yeah, they, it was kinda, missing that 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 middle malty. Yeah, those malty notes that you get. They're, they're but I don't they, want to say that they're not there, but it's just no, less I, less pronounced. Yeah, but that's that would be doing the style correctly. Okay, because um, it's so supposed the way, to be that way, right? And again, some people don't like the style because yeah. of that, you know. And I think that that's yeah. because I think what you're saying, you know, with that hop character, it often helps to have that kind of multi balance there and mm-hmm. have a little bit more of a you know body to to speak. Uh, it really cuts that because I mean, when we're talking about IPAs, one of the main characteristics it's very hoppy. It's very very yeah. you have that characteristic right. very bitter. And so that multi kind of just like yeah. Cut, now I don't think this th- this one. I think they do a nice job. It's not overly bitter. No, it's, no, not, it's not. Which was also another odd thing for me because I'm used to that. Yeah. So it was a, it was a nice change of pace. We need to get um, you into some haze. Yeah, we, a, we'll definitely because that's a that's an IPA that's not very bitter, but is right, but very very fruity, yeah. very very citrusy, yeah. um, and oftentimes, but there there the mouthfeel does tend to be a little bit yeah. chewier. It's for a little sure. bit more. 
Not um, as light as that one. No. no so yeah, the so is. the brood style kind of tries to dry it out, and I think you know the, why some people do like these, and I like them. I like them okay. I, I don't think I, this would ever become like my go to style necessarily. Not my go to, but the three but that I've had are. But it's easy to drink yeah. a good amount of it. You know what I mean? Like I've had a pint of a brute IPA, and it doesn't feel quite as taxing as a full on yeah, typical it's not IPA. Heavy. Yeah. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't have that heavy because <laughs> I'm drinking a good amount of IPAs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I in think, one sitting. <laughs> yeah, in one sitting, it's just a very bad idea. Uh, Carlos can attest to that. Yeah. But um, it, they're, such a, they're such a task to yeah. get to. Yeah, well, they can be. You're yeah, right. They're so heavy. They're not, I don't, they're not a beer that you should right. just... So, so this one, again, like like it. it may be confusing in the sense that we're saying brute, and, I, and I'm even doing it to connect it to this brutal kind of killer, um, but really, it's brute in the sense that it is like a champagne, like yeah. a brute champagne. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. dry. It is light. It is effervescent. It's supposed to go down fairly easy. So I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you enjoyed it. Carlos, did you... I liked it, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. One of the better brutes that I've had. And I've had a few of their beers from Old Ox now, like when I was in uh, Washington, D.C. not too long ago. And I liked all of them. So I think as a brewery, there there's some folks that I want to keep my eyes on. For and, sure. So and, anyway. And this is one you brought back from your D.C. trip. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks back. So, yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll take a quick break here. And when we get back, we will open another beer and we will start thinking about Halloween in more expansive terms. All right, so coming back from the break here, we are going to uh, get into talking more uh, generally about some of these earlier Halloween films, including the very first one. And uh, to do that, we're going to get ourselves another beer going. This one uh, from Commonwealth Brewing Company out of uh, Virginia as well, Virginia Beach, Virginia. So this is like our all Virginia episode for beers, I guess. And this one is called Big Poppy. It is a double India pale ale. And it clocks in at eight percent ABV, so it's a pretty. Let's get it. Happy one. Yeah, I love the. I love that sound. It's a good sound. I get it so. Sound. I get so excited when I hear it on the podcast. I think. Thank I. You. I think we're best known for our uh, high quality Foley uh, <laughs> work that we do. It's some good stuff you do. You can always. You can always Goodness, hear the, this the can a... crack open, the bottle pop. Um, this looks like a rough and rough and humble boy. <laughs> See, Jeez. this is it's. It looks like apple juice, dude. Yeah, this yeah. is uh, like apple cider. Yeah, it's hashtag just, haze boys. Hashtag slave to the haze. <laughs> um, Carlos, you weren't you weren't before you started doing this podcast. You weren't a big IPA guy. Um, no, I was not. I was dipping my toe in a little bit. Um, mm. But yeah, you're correct. I was I wasn't a big IPA guy, and it wasn't until I discovered hashtag Haze that uh, <laughs> I really started, you really started to, getting into it. Well, because that I mean, because those are fantastic, mm. and I guess just because I've really developed a taste for that particular style, that it kind of. Um, eased me into just like a standard IPA a little more so I can mm. drink like a normal IPA. I don't want to. Like I never in a million years will order a Hopadillo anywhere because it's awful. Oh, come on. Or, dude, an, or, an, El, <laughs> or an El Chingon or anything like that. Like I don't think that they're good. Something a little hazier, something that's specifically kind of fruity or, you know, any, along those lines, I'm here for it. I mean, I know it's it's, it's kind of like the jokes. It's like the, the white guy with, with a beard shows up to his bar, orders the IPA. Yeah, the, that the IPA is... 
is the uh, white man's uh, pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, yeah, thing, stuff yeah. like that. Or right, white man's rosé. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The issue is that I really, I really do enjoy IPAs quite no, a bit. Good. I mean, I this stigma needs to stop. No, I, I, <laughs> no, I think the stigma's been earned. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, I get excited when I get a good, a good haze. You mm-hmm. know, uh, if somebody sends one to me or I know somebody that brought it down. Um, I'm about to uh, spend an entire weekend at different breweries in uh, Houston, mm-hmm. uh, specifically targeting the haziest of the of the haze, uh, mm-hmm. Spindle Tap, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But when I get a really good stout, like a really good bourbon mm. barrel aged stout, I mean, that's, that's when I'm thriving. It's your happiest? Yeah, that's, I mean, I love, that's self. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but it does take a, you know, you do want a really good one. Um, you've all, you've always like been Bourbon that. County's coming soon, and I'm yeah. ready for. <laughs> I'm ready for that drop. Um, there you go. Yeah, Black, yeah. Black Friday's coming. Black soon. Friday. There's a lot of stuff happening Black Friday. Uh, <laughs> keep an eye out, Hybrid Records. So shouts out to Hybrid. We're gonna get into the previous Halloween iterations, the very first iconic John Carpenter film, yeah, yeah, zombies yeah. remake sequels, etc. And this, this is why I'm so scared of bringing pink hat onto the pot this is where i really know i'm gonna regret it tell okay. him what you think about the original halloween jeremy all right let me let me just <laughs> and you just watched it recently tell i just him, i watched him, it like tell him what, you t- what, what i told you no, no 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 hold on what i told the internet no yeah i'm gonna we're gonna consult the Fate. tape okay uh <laughs> Let's go to the tape. Please. Do you want me to read it so you have it in my voice? I'll, I'll, I'll read it. it. I'll <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. First of all, you've been on some bullshit. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, Pink Hat is known for being super full of it. Um, and quote unquote, his hot takes. Well, they're, uh, well that's not uh, like quote unquote. They... They're pretty. They're pretty spicy. Yeah, they're pretty spicy, but I don't. I don't believe that you believe a lot of them. Uh, so we've on, had this conversation yeah, so many yeah. times. I don't want to get into well, this. No, not again. Not again. So <laughs> Thursday. This we're recording this on a Sunday. So Thursday at twelve thirty four p.m. Quote. I just got done watching the movie. Quote. Yes. This is. Hey, man. I'm not going to deny anything that you're going to throw out there. It's on the internet. It is forever. Uh, <laughs> my review of Halloween, nineteen seventy eight. Skip the whole first hour. It's trash. In the last 30 minutes, we see the funniest sex scene of all time, and then people die. Then Jamie Lee Curtis ugly cries. Two, Two out, out of five. five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Do you believe this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking boring. The first, and, and this is, oh, man. this is how I felt. Before Carlos actually said, because because my opinions have kind of swayed since then, because yeah. Carlos actually talked some sense in. I campaigned for this movie, but um, but the first hour it's boring ass exposition. Just give me some good ass people dying. Now I will say this: Doctor Loomis, great character. Sat back, thought about it for a bit. Good guy, I love him. I love when he's like, "Get your ass out of here!" <laughs> when, he's like, when he scares the kid. <laughs> right. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. First first six minutes into the film, I see a boob. <laughs> There's a boob in the There's first six minutes. I timed it because yeah. it was on my laptop. I was yeah, like, I, I, thought How it, fast you got I this? thought it was sooner, and I tried to call him out, and he was like, Nope. I looked at the timestamp, and <laughs> the, he, he confirmed. But yeah, when when Michael kills his sister, she's like changing or something, and yeah, it's, she's uh, doing her she's doing her makeup at a at a yeah yeah a, she's getting ready to go out, and he uh, unfortunately you know definitely um, stabs her quite a bit quite a few times, yeah. and you know the seventies and eighties were a different time. You know, you kind of had to, there was a. I mean, specifically in the 80s, there the pr- people that were producing and directing horror movies would tell 
those involved in writing, there has to be at least one boob shot. Chopping Mall is a good example of that. They really had some very uh, anti-feminist kind of views about how to put that film together. Yeah, it was, it were was these very films ma- so it was very misogynist. But they're so bad and boring that we the only way to get people to watch them is to put well, a they were they were exploitation, right? Exploitation. I mean, they were, they were genre were, films. So they I mean, wanted to be able to pull in the audience and not disappoint the audience that they felt was going to these to see over the topness right you know, and this was an era before the internet before yeah. you know so that i've been i've been tainted by the internet grew up with most of us a lot of time yeah. on it yeah um, him more than us more so just than for the, the record yeah i the probably the only reason i am the person that i am is because i spent a lot of time yeah in the dark in dark the, corners of the internet of the that internet. probably shouldn't have not been the dark it. web but not just the dark web just like so. a lot of um, yeah. a lot of image boards uh, yeah. but <laughs> When he said this to me, I, I mean, obviously, I was appealed. Right. Uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> not you, not just you. And there was a lot of people. And, yeah. Uh, but I I uh, I am um, granted an audience with him more frequently than some of his other internet uh, associates. Um, and I but and I hope that you agree with me when I say this. Uh, not the first slasher movie. You know, Black Christmas normally gets kind of uh, right. given that title, but really the first big one that really did something in a big way and yeah. reached a lot of audiences and really had an impact on the sure. as as this is our um, obligatory uh, use of this word the, the zeitgeist. Yeah, um, An- another one of my favorite uh, running gags. I'm surprised Sahara <laughs> hasn't been brought up. I, uh, <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> yeah. it. Look, I'm not going to come on. I'm not going to come onto the show and not get a Sahara. <laughs> Um, I'm conv- convinced, 100 convinced. It's the only people, the only reason people listen to this podcast so, is see, for the see, Sahara. See reference. how we're gonna uh, bring up Sahara. <laughs> but right. so being being one of the first of its kind, you know, now nowadays we've seen so many slasher movies that you can get straight into it mm-hmm. and have a very short first act and mm-hmm. then really just start knocking characters off. But at the time, that wasn't, you know, the slasher genre wasn't as understood and right. it's known and so you're building there's world building happening there's yeah. there's subgenre building of like mm-hmm. what is going to happen and what you can expect and like the you really had to build the tension over that first hour the first act and a half or whatever until you really got into it and I wouldn't I wouldn't call this a slow burn but the you know the slow burn horror genre is also another thing in and of itself that right. you know takes from that idea right. that you're going to really lull people into this like kind of sense of comfort and you know safety and then all of a sudden just like really hit it with them david yeah. cronenberg great at doing that and yeah um so yeah when, uh, when you put it like that when we had our, our our talk yeah um i wasn't seeing it from the point of a person in a movie theater in 1978 which yeah. is important which is it's, it's very important i didn't watch it with right. that mindset i watched it after you know i'm so used to nightmare on elm street just you know yeah. the, the claws coming through you've seen just, these right yeah yeah and so it was it was different yeah would i watch it again yeah i'm sure i've maybe I missed some stuff in the beginning you know that i could right. catch but um i mean it's it's okay yeah it, 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 it the okay one second the so, sex scene. <laughs> Can we talk about I, that real quick? I don't. I don't remember it. Okay, it's great. So it's probably the, and I'm gonna say it, best and funniest sex scene in all of cinema. Wow. Yeah. What now? Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it. You're gonna have to. Why is it funny? Is, okay. it, is it when they're on the couch? No, 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 no. It's it's. Um, That's they, the early one. That's that, the yeah, early one. Yeah. Okay. They're in bed 
um, and the phone rings, and they're like, they're the the people who are at 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 supposed to be at the house, mm-hmm. they're not there, so they're like, oh shit, we gotta, we can't, we can't let them know that they're not here, you know, because I don't quite remember. Anyways, you can edit this out, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, I think I'm gonna edit a lot of your stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in bed, and um, you know, they're doing their thing, teenagers. Um, high school kids and uh, the guy rolls over and you know they start having sex and stuff guy gives her about probably the best five to ten seconds of her life (laughs) and then he rolls back over and he's just like (sighs) and she goes oh that was fantastic I'm like like, yo what oh wow I gotta rewatch it 78 was a was a much easier time for us boys I guess it's like more expectations such lower expectations (laughs) yeah yeah, so much lower expectations guy just like did his thing rolled over and I thought oh no that can't be it but then she pulls out the cigarettes and I'm like yo that's that's it that's that's something I enjoy about this uh, period in cinema is the uh, post-coital cigarette smoking that always happens Um, that's how you knew it was it's over. A, it's, a, it's a stamp of of, of the time, right? Uh, of the of, of the filmmaking. So we're we're still we're still friends. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, and gladly. I've, yeah. I've uh, but well, I, think, I think I wasn't gladly at first. <laughs> I think what Jeremy's saying here about like not seeing the history. I think seeing this film in its historical context is helpful. Um, in that, like you were saying, Carlos, that this was really the seed of a new subgenre of yeah. horror films. Um, and and I think you know, from a sort of cinematic standpoint, the film actually does a lot of things in terms of its camera work that was really notable at the time. I mean, it was one of the first films to really use a lot of steady cam when we're in the perspective of Michael Myers. You kind of yeah. get those smooth shots gliding through spaces, um, a lot of longer shots, period. Um, you also get some really nice, um, you know, a lot of use of reflection and mirrors yeah. and which they echoed in this, uh, newer 2018 mm-hmm. version. I was really happy to see that kind of come through in there. So I think there were some things going on, um, in terms of the way that things were visualized that seemed a little more, um, thought out and kind of stylized in a way that actually worked with the themes of the film and this kind of voyeurism and this kind of, yeah. Um, you know, skulking around these spaces and that, you know, films before that were in the horror genre really just hadn't, they they were more ham-fisted, right? It was more about like, yeah, like there's going to be blood, there's going to be knives, there's going to be whatever, but it wasn't necessarily thought through in this kind of very deliberate way with a specific character where you see this kind of perspective evolve that you wouldn't normally get, the killer's perspective. Yeah. Shouts out to Black Christmas though, because you do get that uh, yeah, a lot in that one. Right, that right. One, I mean, that one, that one really set it off. Um, you do get that iconic, it, it, that iconic more. scene in the in the uh, in the closet. Yes, yeah. classic. Just his yeah. arm coming through the yeah. the, um, the door. There have been yeah. several like from there have been several posters made of it from uh, Lori's. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lori. Um, yeah, you get that. You get the classic. Like you know, anytime you see him kind of lurking somewhere, that kind of yeah. like. Uh, Music cue with like the high. It's not necessarily like a lit motif, but it's just like a a, a noise that happens a, whenever he's around. It's, like a, a, it's a little riff. It's a very short riff that gets played when you kind of see him yeah. lurking about, um, which is almost it's almost as iconic as the uh, the main theme. I would say because right. if, if you heard that, you're like, oh, that's that's not. Cool. Now I will say this: 
the composing in the film is great, especially after I listened to your episode yes. on the um, soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtracks and stuff. Soundtrack the, I think that was the, the last one, right? Yeah, yeah, um, that was the last one we did. Also, if you could always just have just like some thin synths on the back <laughs> on the back track, <laughs> like throughout times. the whole episode at all times. Yeah, some moody synths. So sounds. so good. I love um, it. Yeah. So so then we so this was uh, the newer one was a sequel to that first, which was fantastic for a great many reasons, as we know. Um, the second one does the weird family history thing. Yeah. Uh, third has nothing to do with any of it at all. Right. Uh, which is a really good movie in its own right. It's, but it just gets away. From... It just gets away and it didn't do as well for that reason. And I, yeah. I, it would be really interesting to like live in a world where that movie had like really killed it. Now here's, right. here's the thing about where they that went film. from that. Um, if I, 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 one of my coworkers, he's a huge horror movie. Like he goes to horror movie conventions and stuff like that. And he, I think he was Frightmare the one that told me something, something like that. Like he dresses up and stuff and yeah. like props to him. Like that stuff's cool. But, um, what the first thing he said was if that wasn't billed as a Friday the 13th or I'm sorry, oh, as, as a Halloween, Halloween film, it would have done well. It would have been one of, one of the best film, like horror films ever. Um, so those are, movie. those are his, those are his words. Yeah. Uh, but also that Halloween was supposed to be an anthology series and not necessarily always supposed to well, be that's, about Well, that's like what the third was trying to install okay it was trying to it was trying to make it that um by breaking away from the michael myers uh storyline and making it about something else and they were in the future planning to make halloween four five six whatever be self-contained narratives right but because it didn't do very well halloween three season of the witch um they eventually went back to the Michael Myers storylines more recently um kind of in a not in the same vein but similarly Rob Zombie tried to revive the franchise right in uh 2007, 2007 yeah. I'm actually a fan of that I have one. A, I've heard a lot of good things about it I, okay. it, it Did was you not see both of them yes okay. I although I've I only I recently rewatched the 2007, the, the first, first reboot. It is violent. It is, like, and, it, and it's a lot. It is gnarly. Well, and, it, and I think there's a few things that he does in there that are interesting. He clearly decided to try to give the character of Michael Myers a lot more backstory. And right? a motive. Uh, yes, a motive, and, like, and showing him as a functioning human being first, before... Yeah some sort of psychotic break takes place yeah. that allows him to kind of become like this merciless killer. severely bullied. And severely bullied, living in a very dysfunctional family where he has this sort of stepfather who is just a terrible dude, yeah. played by Bill Forsyth, who's a really interesting character actor. Um, I mean, notable from Raising Arizona and some, and some other films, but he plays Back this really... Back to Cage. Ba- yes, yeah, there Back we go. Um this really down and out kind of character who's, you know, sort of a lecherous towards his older sister and um, and then sort of dismissive of the mother. The mother is a stripper. I mean, it puts it much more in this kind of, you know, if Halloween, the, the original and even this one and most of them sort of take place in suburbia, right? And, and this kind of like um, generic middle classness kind of defines it. Rob Zombie really takes it into white trashness. It's. It is definitely like it feels grimy. It feels yeah, gritty. It does. It feels like the. You know. It. It's just that kind of. This is where somebody who could do this kind of thing would come out of. Out of this yeah. desperate situation where they don't have the money to sort of support each other. Yeah. Where there's like sexuality has been perverted. There's yeah. all this. So I don't know. I. I mean, it was a darker. 
way darker. take in terms of like the social realism. Yeah. Trying to bring this kind of social realism to the character that I don't think Carpenter was ever interested in, no. nor does Green or uh, like McBride so, seem interested in. Carpenter's so much more stylistically motivated, right. it seems to me, in his yeah. work than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I did, I did like it, the 2007 um, version, I, and I do think that Rob Zombie is very talented. Like, I, I think he's a pretty great horror director. Yeah. I mean, he's had some, had some flops maybe. Yeah. But I mean, some of the stuff he's done is just well. Really the one he he did right before is Halloween Devils Rejects. Yeah. I really hold in high esteem. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it is a cult classic yeah. at this point. I mean, um, I have not followed him as much recently. I know he's had a few over the last decade. He's, he's that had just, some that I really, really wanted to see and didn't get a chance to. Uh, Lords of Salem being the, yeah. the most notable that I thought from the trailers looked really interesting and um, at the time didn't get a chance to go see. But I got this really bad taste in my mouth for the first Halloween that he yeah. did um, that made me not want to see the second. Huh. And it wasn't until 2013, so five, six years later, yeah. that I realized what it was. Um, so at the time, I was living with uh, my friend Steven and uh, his partner at the time, um, and we were. T- uh, I was. We had like kind of just moved in. You know, we had just moved all our stuff in together, and I was like browsing like their DVD collection. They are both, you know, pretty big horror buffs and stuff like that. And um, I saw, I saw the Halloween, the Halloween DVD, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is a Rob Zombie one. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know about this one. And and they're like, what? I thought it was pretty good. And I was like, yeah, but there's just that really, really brutal and unnecessary rape scene in it. Mm. And they were both like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, do you not remember that? It was like really disturbing and like. Unset and made me really not like the rest of the movie after that. And they're mm-hmm. like, "There's not a rape scene in this movie." And I was like, "Uh, are you guys high? Like, what are you talking about?" And so through this like conversation that we had after that, trying to figure out what was going on, um, it led me back to when I first saw it, and it was through a torrented uh, version of it, okay. a very high quality torrented version of it. But it included a lot of deleted scenes oh, that didn't wow. make the theatrical cut, and so. I was, I mean, I was absolutely convinced that this scene existed. Oh, interesting. And, and they were like, no, it doesn't. And so I scoured the deleted scenes on the DVD and I finally found it. And it is one of the most violent and unnecessary scenes in a movie that, that I've ever w- seen in my life. And you I mean, saw the work print version. I see. I've never yeah, seen that. I apparently I have. Th- that was a big deal at the time that it, it was, you know, that time where films were starting to leak pre release. Yeah, and it was, th- this was one of those Pirate where it was huge. Yeah. So it was being torrented. <laughs> and, and I'm reading right here from the Wikipedia page. So the release, for example, one particular scene, the rape of one of the Smith's Grove, female inmates was replaced in the final version. Yeah. It blah, was blah, blah, by blah, blah. the, it was by the orderlies. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I've never seen that. It's, That's, it's I'm glad I haven't. It's no, it's, it's <laughs> it awful. Terrible. I mean, um, I've seen a fair amount of disturbing films in my time. Mm-hmm. Irreversible comes to mind. That's yeah. a very hard to watch, uh, film, especially, you know, the very middle of it. Um, yeah. I, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it does, that one does, you know, really 
serve a specific purpose in that film and it, it's 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 done in a way that's not sensationalized at all and is supposed to really make you uncomfortable and upset yeah and this one wasn't that way it was you know there was a lot of camera movement and it was very much still in the world of the movie huh. and i remember seeing that and really hating the rest of the movie after that it just like really put me off in such a way that i couldn't watch the rest of it in mm-hmm. the same way that I would have if I had seen it in a theater. But there are parts of it that are really good. And, you know, I'm sure if I go back and I watch the theatrical cut, yeah, it's probably a pretty solid movie. But for me, I mean, that was like, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I, it was too much. Yeah. I, I appreciate what he did with it. And I think it, it did take it into a different direction. And, and like I said, kind of humanize the character and make, like well, we were talking earlier about how this film may be doing that in certain yeah. ways in terms of getting us to question how other characters and how their development mm-hmm. um, may somehow parallel what's gone on with Michael. Although, yeah. as, as we also agreed, like Michael Myers himself is not at all seen as a human-like no, no, or no. redeemable kind of character. And one thing I will say about that very unfortunate scene that was then removed from the theatrical cut, he saves that inmate oh interesting he saves that girl okay so it goes from, further to like give him yeah, some he, okay he, it's like in that is happening in the midst of him breaking out of the asylum oh wow and i think i want to say that as he's walking out he walks past her room uh-huh. her cell or whatever it is and sees what's going on and then like very brutally murders the two orderlies oh wow and you know in the middle saves her from it okay. and then just like walks out like nothing happened and right. continues to go try to, you know, so kill he, babysitters. He's using his, his killer instinct as a sort of, uh, to be a, a vengeful kind of, uh, it, it, vigilante. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense yeah. wise. Um, and I think that's probably I why think they took it out, but, yeah. but you, you could tell that, it was trying to huh. give him a little more dimension. Kind of like even character. evil has standards type of. Yeah, like, even evil, uh, even pure evil only goes so far. Yeah, you know? yeah, but, right. Uh, well, that, so yeah. I mean, I I remember it somewhat fondly, um, so to speak, given that I I don't think I had seen H I hadn't seen H two O or Resurrection. Probably and for so, the best, unless you want to see Buster Rhymes. Uh, I've seen the clip of him fu. doing the kung fu, <laughs> <laughs> which is enough. I don't. I don't need to see, don't the, need to see the rest. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. They had Buster Rhymes. Um, Love him. But but it was so. It was kind of interesting to see this Halloween installment that you know came seemingly out of uh, you know the ether. Just to, okay, we're going to restart this thing. We're going to reboot it. Here's another way of thinking about it. And I thought it was a unique take on it, and and it definitely took the characters in a different direction than the um, than the original had or, or any of the subsequent sequels. So, so for that, I give it some credit. I still think I prefer this new sequel to the original yeah. um, it, because of what it does with the characters, because it's giving, you know, if if Halloween you, you by Rob... The, the 2018 I prefer 2018 to David Gordon, yes. No, I prefer it to Rob Zombie's okay. 2007. Um because instead of giving more time and agency to Michael Myers, I think it it was smart. This one, the David Gordon Green one, was smart to give it to Lori, her daughter, and her granddaughter. Yeah. And to me, like making that kind of those females the central protagonists here, and doing this kind of reversal, especially towards the end of the film, where Lori becomes the more purposeful kind of killer in a sense. Yeah. Um, who's hunting Michael Myers 
and who even we see certain, as you pointed out, with the balcony scene and like and stuff like that, where we so see good. actual scenes that took place in the earlier films um, playing out in the opposite way. I think that was genius. I think like that's exactly the kind of statement that you could make right now, and if we're thinking about historical context, to make it resonate in a way that's going to feel right. And and so to me, like getting to see this film in the theater just a few days ago, I really enjoyed it because it felt like it took that original premise, but then did something really uniquely 2018 about it, and and that's pretty big to pull off. I mean, the, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, especially something you know, as iconic as that, you know, you could take something that flopped in 1978 and try right. to it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, know, yeah. Something that is such, a, that, such a part of like, you know, just cinematic history and like yeah. what we know today of that genre. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, I, it definitely succeeded in places that none of the other sequels or remakes ever have. Yeah. Um, well, good. Yeah. I, I think. Because some of the sequels are really trash. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess uh, the message to Jeremy is, you know, check this new one out. I, even even, even uh, with your lukewarm uh, feelings about the original, I think I, you might like this one. I respect the original for what it did mm-hmm. and for what it is. Right. But I think... <clears throat> I think that... <laughs> There's so much better things to watch right now. <laughs> like, like I, I respect it and I appreciate it because uh-huh. it did lay some fantastic groundwork. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you respect and appreciate it because in this moment I, I do not respect or appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Carlos is like, I shouldn't have invited him on. Um, the regret. I, I think I, I, it, it serves a purpose. Yeah. It's there for a reason. It's It should be respected. It's It's... There's a reason it exists. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and there's a reason that it's, it's maintained a, its relevance. Yeah, and I understand that it's it's a it's a historical film. Well, and 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 the other thing here to factor in, and this is something you know now now that we're kind of closing out October, it, you know, horror films aren't everybody's cup of tea. I mean, no. let's let's face it. I mean, I have. Um, I have a love for horror films that comes a lot out of my youth in that they were some of those films that seemed forbidden at one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've talked yeah. about this, Carlos, like oh, wanting sure. to see certain films based on the cover of the VHS case or based on the poster you see at the theater. And so horror films for me were that because they were always one of these things that was sort of forbidden. It was taboo. And so then once I got to an age, you know, my I guess my preteen years going into my teens where suddenly my parents or or other people's parents were willing to let us watch these films. Um, they, they had that kind of charge. Now, I think some of that has gone away over the years. It has. But I still have that kind of almost nostalgic attachment to these films that can kind of bring me back to that feeling of vulnerability and that kind of like, oh, this could shock me. This could show me something that I'm not prepared to see. This could do something provocative that I'm going to, you know, have nightmares about or something like that. So I think to me it works. But I was just talking with somebody the other day um, in the context of a Halloween party, and they were making the point that they will only ever let their significant other watch horror movies during the month of October. Like they've come to an agreement as a couple (laughs) that 
that you know she, she's a big fan of them. He's not, but he's like during October. I'm I acknowledge that these are appropriate for the season, so we can watch horror movies. A logical man, I like him. Uh, yeah, uh, but but apart from that, <laughs> not interested in horror movies. Well, that's yeah. kind of not down I with am. the idea of letting yeah. your significant other do well, stuff. Yeah, that's that's. Let's, <laughs> oh, let's fair just enough, ignore fair that enough. weird. Well, part. I, I, I think I, I don't think it was like allowed so much as when they watch together. I'll watch like, it with they, you. They're gonna yeah. the, right. I don't think he would. I don't think he was saying that she was not in any way yeah. allowed to watch them, <laughs> but that if they were going to be doing joint movie watching, yeah. uh, October is the month for October is the month where horror is on the menu. About it. Other than that. Yeah. It makes sense. Well, see, I'm one of those people. I've never really liked horror movies because one, I've always been really bad at, um, putting myself in the character's shoes or like trying to get immersed in that and feeling the way the character does. Because in my brain, I'm watching this and I'm like, one that guy, that guy moves so slow. You could just run away from him. And it's like, uh, but I kind of love that. That's something I love about Michael Myers. I mean, there's yeah. that we we didn't mention it, yeah, but the great too. scene in the uh, with the motion light in the backyard area at, at one point where like it's not about how fast he's moving. It's just that the light goes off and it allows him enough time to move to another spot. And then when mm-hmm. it comes back on, he can be yeah. unexpectedly someplace else. But yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're I saying. I think I think really what it is is there's a lot of just really dumb stuff that happens in horror movies to where if I'm there, I'm like, I wouldn't do that. That's dumb. But I've, I've you come don't to know learn. That, though. I've come to learn that like, it's not always like that. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I can you, watch it and be you like, you don't okay, know what you would do. Well, and I don't know what I would you do, know, but and, I do know that I can run. And to, I have legs. Well, and to you, <laughs> they, I think horror movies in terms of their pacing have kind of, now this is somewhat of an anomaly because I do think it's trying to recapture some of the energy and, and the aesthetic of that first Halloween film, but I'm thinking of films like some of the more recent zombie films like 28 Days Later or Mm -hmm. the the, uh, reboot of the Living Dead stuff where they're like fast moving zombies. They're, you know, they're where you would have to run and you'd be lucky if you could get away from that. One one film, I love it. It's a great film. Love it. And I won't say anything bad about it. You're going to say I Am Legend? It follows. Oh. Just run away. That is not as easy because in that particular movie, it, that thing never stops. It never stops. Walking like it towards you. Going. And you can only, I mean, you got to sleep. Well, yeah, and point, I get it. You but know? You can, and, that, and while you're sleeping, that thing's still walking towards you. Look, guy, listen. You can you could get on a plane and you can and run away for a while, while like and you can 16 sleep years old. How much guap do they have to just catch a plane, you know? Come on, right. man! All, look, all Come I'm on. saying, all I'm saying is, it's not as hard as you're making it seem. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was there was a question that was posed to me the other day, and it was well, about a snail on, that on. if it touches First, you, you die, which is pretty much it follows. Uh, you can sleep the, for a short period. The, of time. the horror of we're getting so off track, but the <laughs> but the horror of it follows is that it it uh, removes your ability to live a normal life. Like you are no longer on a daily basis in control of what it is you're doing. Everything you do revolves around avoiding Avoiding this thing. thing. And that's fine. I understand that it changes your life. I get it. Okay. I don't think it just changes your life, man. No, it's some shit. Yes, I'm sure it's very difficult to deal with. And it's an allegory, anyways. So I know. I mean, I, yeah, that's also this. It's also a weird review to talk. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good movie, though. I really Fantastic. like it. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, he was uh, he was mad at me for not knowing the uh, name of the game that Disaster Piece. Uh, yeah, it was on. Fez. Um, <laughs> Corrections oh. Corner. Uh, I was. Uh, uh, I never. I never really shout at my radio whenever I'm listening to a podcast. Right? Or something I like shout that. every time I listen to Jeremy. <laughs> 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 and you guys were talking about uh, Disaster Piece, right? And I was like, oh, cool. This is something that I can actually like. 
you know, f- uh, have feelings for because I I am a very very I, very heavily invested in video games. Oh, okay. So somebody said, uh, I think he did a. I think it was Carlos. This is my Carlos impression. He was like, oh, I think he did um, like uh, some some video game music or something like that. And I was like, it's Fez. It's Fez. For the love of God, somebody say Fez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is nobody, it a great game? Do nobody. We need, do we need? Oh, to it's play good. This? Oh, it's yeah, great. Right. It's it's wonderful. You can get it on your computer. It doesn't take too much. Uh, Resources. Okay, it's a good game. Cool, so give it a shot. And the and Disaster Piece did the the music for it. So yeah, um, I'll give you a C plus on the impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Well, but my Carlos impression is spot on. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Just as sharp as your reviews are, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> my reviews are good. <laughs> so how do we feel about this beer? Yeah, that's I. Unless, I'm enjoying. Unless it. anyone has final things now to say this, about Halloween. For, for you, Jeremy, this definitely brings them all. Yes, right? I was going to say that. that. Yeah. There's also. Um, How does the mouth feel? <laughs> mouth feels. Uh, let me. Let me. Hold on. <laughs> Exceptional. Got the good foley. I love it. Yeah, that's good. Um, no, it's it's a really it's really good. Um, like I said earlier, it looks like apple cider, straight straight apple juice. Yeah, it's hazy. I I have, and I don't know if it's because my brain put that idea in, but at the end, these end notes of like, I don't want to say rotten apples, but I'm getting a little. There's apple um, in there. there's some apple in there. Yeah. It's, it's sour. It's it's kind of bitter. Um, solid, solid beer. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys rate beer, but on a scale of one, of one to five, I'd give it a pretty, like a three and a half, but that's just a five on a 10 scale. So <laughs> I have, I don't like decimals in, in, uh, in rating uh, yeah. skills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Might as well just do one out of 10. Yeah. Um, it's higher than a five for me. Well, oh, on a ten scale. Yeah, you're saying. Ten yeah, yeah. We don't. Five. I mean, I, I'm definitely. We know, don't normally do that, but it's good. No, but it's, it's good, and you should try it if you have me, the opportunity. Yeah, it's really it, good. it is a solid uh, double IPA, and and I think you know I have had a couple other things from these guys, and I've enjoyed them. So they they seem to know what they're doing. But also, yeah, the other thing is these cans that you brought. They have some pretty solid art on them. Yeah, these it's days a, you you yeah. you know people are are doing some cool stuff with the graphics on on it's a big beer thing. labels. It's a big thing. Yeah. This one maybe a little. It's a little more. It's it's elegant minimalist. It's minimalist, but also a little pretentious. Oh, you think <laughs> yeah. so? Yeah, well, you know. I, I, but you, it's good. It's good. Yeah, Maybe yeah. they need to work on the that. But, yeah. <laughs> See, I like it. I like the colors. and the, Yeah, I do too. I like it um, a lot. Well, okay. So the, so the beer, enjoyable. Um, Great, yeah. We, 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 we had some good drinks this episode, and I don't think it was to wash the taste of failure here. Because Not I think at all. We, we, oh, for me. For, for Jeremy, it helped mm, Jeremy. that way. You're right. Um, so we, we don't want to discount our guest's opinion. Um, I do, <laughs> but I think a lot of people. But will. I think, but are you, but are you going to come away from this feeling that you need to see this 2018 version? I feel, what do you I think? feel like I need to watch the whole franchise. Actually, oh really? Um, I think, I think you can probably skip you some. Can skip of quite the, a bit. But of them. Yes. isn't there one where he's in space? No, no that's, that's Jason. Uh, Jason. Okay, that's yeah, Jason that's Friday the Thirteenth. That, now, yeah. that one you need to see. It's a fantastic <laughs> okay. film. But yeah. uh, it's well, sort quick, of a notoriously nuts. I have yeah, a quick question. Yeah. Out of the big, out of the big three, you know, Jason, Freddie, and and Michael Myers, which is your favorite? I'm I'm a Freddie guy. That's my that's my yeah, favorite. That's one. dumb. No, it's not. He's great. <laughs> he's so cool. The I the 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 ability to warp somebody's perception and make them feel like they're going crazy is incredible. And if I could have a superpower, that would be one of them. Okay. What's yours? Yeah, I you know honestly, I think the one that stood out to me the most when I was becoming acquainted with them was Freddie, and it was because I think I found most frightening 
personally the idea that somebody could somehow infiltrate my very thoughts mm-hmm. yeah. and the, and thus like mess with me psychologically. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it would be bad enough for somebody to put a knife in me. He I, also I kind don't of want has... that. But like if they could actually make it so that my perceptions of the world and or even my dreams, which is usually like a time where I'm away from the world, if they can mess with me then, that's that's totally terrifying. Yeah. 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 That's he also kind of has a personality when you compare yeah. him to the yeah, yeah. other two. And he ends up I mean sometimes that that works to his detriment, right? I think like some of yeah. the the hokey jokey stuff that comes <laughs> yeah. with Freddie can can sort of like the first Nightmare on Elm Street I found legit terrifying mm-hmm. at, at at the time. I think by 3 or 4 I was starting to feel like okay, now it kind of feels like a cat skills comedian with one liners yeah. is yeah. after me in my dreams and yeah. Yeah. Um, I have three different answers to this question. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm going to have to pour up some more for this one. <laughs> the best uh, franchise or character-related songs. Um, that was cold-blooded what you just did right there. Uh, <laughs> took the very last of that big poppy. Um, Somebody so, has to do it. Uh, yeah, so as far as like um, music that came that was related to... Uh, any of these franchises, Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jesse Jeff and the Fresh Prince is a classic. Wow. And also just the song that's built into Nightmare on Elm Street, one, two, Freddy's Coming. That, that's <laughs> yeah. a great, I mean, it's very memorable. Uh, I can still probably recite the whole thing. Um, so that's, that's my answer for that. Uh, if we're talking about picking one single film from any of the three different oh, franchises, okay. it's okay. Halloween. For okay. sure it's Halloween, 100%. No doubt about it. Now, if we're talking about the franchise as a whole, Friday the 13th, unparalleled. Huh. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, The Friday the 13th movies are the shit. Uh, Like, front to back. Huh. Um, Well, I recently just saw the first one, too. Until until Michael Bay's ho-ass rebooted it. (laughs) That one I don't count. But everything until then, like from Friday the 13th, 1980, through Freddy vs. Jason, bangers. Except wow. for Jason Goes to Hell. But, I mean, one out of 11 is pretty solid percentage. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like since I'm just starting to get into all these films, I kind of... Like, I've seen most of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Um, but I feel like I want to watch the franchises of Friday the 13th and The and score Halloween, for Friday so. the 13th is great, too. I mean, it's not John Carpenter, but it's, uh, you know, the... Right, you know, like right. That, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. a, it's good. good. Solid stuff. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, I think... For me, the Friday the Thirteenth stuff is kind of hokey at times, but it's like so fun and entertaining. Those movies, I right? Mean, uh, especially and you get to Jason see some X, Corey Feldman, and you get to Crispin see some Glover, Kevin Glover, right? Some Kelly Rowland and Freddy versus Jason. Oh, okay. uh, she oh, was in that one, yeah. Destiny's Child. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's well, in that maybe, maybe next Halloween season, we're gonna have to uh, dive real deep, d- dive into some of these <laughs> series because uh, you know th- this Halloween episode has been fun. Um, and, uh, and, and also educational. I've learned some stuff about the Halloween series As and have I. what's been going on. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you aren't already, you should be following us on all the various social media channels. Uh, our Facebook is David beer in a movie. TX beer after movie. your Facebook.com. Facebook. You give it a slash. slash. That's uh, right. on Instagram. We're at beer in a movie. That one's, uh, Pretty simple and easy to remember. And on Twitter, we are Beer Movie Show at Beer Movie Show. Beer Movie Show. Um, so uh, tweet us all your hot takes. Uh, That's right. Keep up with what we're drinking on Instagram. That's where you know we kind of post more about just the beer side of things. Right. And uh, always, please suggest beers, suggest movies that you want to hear us either 
talk about flavors or experiences. New however, styles. Absolutely. Uh, what, were, what, what movies did we not talk about that you want to hear? What uh, genres have we not tapped into that you'd like us to cover? Mm-hmm. Let us know all that stuff. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Super helpful. Mm-hmm. Let's us know how you guys are feeling. Um, we're on Spotify. If uh, you're not an Apple, iPhone, iTunes user, you can check us out on Spotify, Beer in a Movie. And I think that yeah, that, I think that about covers it. Check out uh, World's Greatest Complainer uh, yeah. podcast at WGC Podcast on most uh, social network apps. And then yeah, World's Greatest Complainer <laughs> in, the, in the Apple Store. You can hear Jeremy say even more ridiculous shit on that one than he did on this one. <laughs> yeah, um, I get I get people yelling at me on Twitter all the time. I yell at him on Twitter every se- or every other week. About now. every day now. I feel like well, I say something. It's a lot. Um, well, I would want for one. Shouts thank, out to Clint. Thank yeah, Jeremy for being Clint. on with thank us. Thank you for having Always me. Nice I, had to a, have. I had a great time. Well, thank you. Um, it was really fun. Thank you for for paying me in, in the rest of the big poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Until next that. time. Yeah. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>